offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hello, thank you for joining us today on SSU. Uh, joining us here, we have Lauren, we have Tiffany, Marcellus, and my name is Anastasia. Uh, before we jump into the lesson, Lauren, can you please open us up with prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can spend opening your word, and we just pray that you will guide our discussion and that you will guide our minds, that we will be able to learn more about you and what you have for us in this passage. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So uh, the text that we're reading today is Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Marcellus, do you mind reading that? Uh, yeah. Can I actually read 28 through 30? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, I'll read. I'm reading from the New King James Version, uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, so when he's talking about rest for your souls, what does that make you think of? Oh, I don't know, something existential? <laughs> mm -hmm. something, um, something very nebulous um, Such that I want to make practical, but still seems like it's so big that you could apply it to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused about how to apply the Sabbath. I've always been confused about how to apply the Sabbath. I mean, because you have Christ here um, being like the Sabbath is made for man. You can heal on the Sabbath. You can, it's good to do good on the Sabbath. And you have the Old Testament being like um, anyone who works on the Sabbath should be dead, should be killed. Um, multiple times it'll say this in Exodus 31. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a, um, it's a, it's, it really things, it seems like it depends on your um, relationship mm -hmm. with God, your perspective. Um, that's that's what I gather yeah I feel I'm on the same boat with you I feel like even today with with us keeping trying to keep the Sabbath I think that means different things for different people yeah you know um, and rest for the soul what does that actually mean to me when trying to keep the Sabbath you know um, just to get an idea what does the Sabbath mean for you guys what, what does it mean for you personally I think Sabbath to me is rest I know it does mean different things to different people, but for me, it's an opportunity for me to stop all of the busyness of my life, all the things that I'm involved in, and to spend quality time with God, with my family, with my friends, and it's an opportunity to enter into a rest that I don't necessarily have during the week. Mm. And so it's, it's a gift me you know, and you just said the word I was going to say I was going to say Sabbath is a gift yes. for me um, yes, and when I think of the gift I think of a different gift every week in a different package and you can unravel the bow and uh, peel off the layers because there's so much in the Sabbath that I can benefit from um, and so when I look forward to the Sabbath it's not going to be the same gift every mm -hmm. single week but it will be something new and a new experience because um, something that I've started to realize more and more as I get older and get deeper with the Lord is it's more of my giving and not so much receiving. And so um, 
it looks different the way I give every Sabbath and the receiving part when I say that it means like I'm not just going to church to sit down and to hear the sermon and everything is coming on me but how can I give how can I bless others as well on the Sabbath because that's what Christ did mm -hmm. when yeah. we you know studied this you, lesson a different gift every week is so relevant to me um, I've actually made it a habit recently to consider my week's work and be like what did I do this week because there are weeks where I'd work on like music or something, and so I wouldn't want to do that on Sabbath because it was such a work to me that I'd be like, uh, no, I'm kind of done with that. And there are other weeks where I've, there's something else that I'm doing, and it's like, I'm going to play music on Sabbath because that's what I'm going to rest in. Mm -hmm. And so it just seems like considering what I did this week mm -hmm. and then what the gift is at the end to be like, well, here's how you rest from the thing that you were doing all week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, for me, it's also an opportunity to recharge. So I know you're mentioning ways that you can give back, but um, someone put it this way for me, you know, that oftentimes we think that the, the week we're preparing for the Sabbath, we're getting ready, we're thinking the Sabbath is coming, and we're spending the week getting ready for the Sabbath, but it's really the Sabbath that prepares us for the week for ahead. The week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to, to center ourselves and to reconnect with God and to to give us the energy and the fortitude and you know whatever we need for for the challenges that we don't even know what is ahead mm -hmm. and the things that we're going to be facing that week yeah. so mm -hmm. for me it's an opportunity as well not only to rest but to recharge and to reconnect mm -hmm. I have a question we all kind of seem on the same page about the Sabbath more or less did you guys always feel like this about it like when you were little was or did you kind of come into an understanding of like oh I'm excited for the Sabbath or was the Sabbath ever like Difficult for you. Well, guys. I'm interested to hearing what you guys have to say because I'm pretty sure that my story is a little bit different than, than you all because I didn't grow up being an Adventist. I grew up being Pentecostal. So I've only been an Adventist for um, going on four years now. And it has oh, wow. been an experience, you know, coming into, <laughs> coming into the Adventist church, um, being converted from the time my conversion experience happened when I was just on fire, just trying to know this truth. You know, understanding like in the scripture where it's talking about that Jesus walked on the Sabbath and his disciples were picking, you know, the, the wheat to, to eat. Like I'm just trying to understand what does that mean? Why is that so important? Why were the Pharisees trying to make a big deal about this? What does that mean? And the more that I started to study about the Sabbath, the more I was drawn into it because I feel like men are lacking so much, um, so much of that perspective. And even in the church, um, the more that I got into the Adventist world, the more I understood that, you know, everybody looks at the Sabbath differently. Yeah. It does not mean the same thing for everybody, even though the Bible is really clear and there's a pretty good standard. God sets a pretty high standard of what the Sabbath is. And Jesus himself was portraying that, that example and, you know, saying to the Pharisees that, you know, your mind is not where it should be. It's not about breaking the law. It's not about, you know, not eating something or picking something up or not healing someone or not saving someone who needs to be saved. If your son or daughter falls and, and breaks a leg or your sheep goes astray or whatever, why are you not going to go save them and give them a hand, you know? And I feel like even in today, um, some churches they don't they've lost that concept of what the sabbath means about you know just reconnecting with god about helping others and one the example that i love about jesus is when he went around on the sabbath he was actually doing things for other people mm -hmm. so he wasn't keeping the sabbath necessarily for himself he was keeping the sabbath for other people going around like well he wasn't necessarily seeking people out who needed to be healed it just so happened that people were there that needed to be healed and he was what's funny though is that people were seeking him out right 
And so you have this idea of the Sabbath of, we look at it a lot like, um, uh, if you, if you, you mentioned uh, if your sheep fell or if, you're, if your oxen fell or whatever, it, would you, wouldn't you help it up? Mm-hmm. Imagine that from the perspective of, of the oxen, of, of a sick person, of being like, oh, Sabbath is the day when I go to get healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Christ says in, in this, like, come to me and I'll give you rest. And so this is the idea of like, man, I've been feeling like I was broken all week long, but on Sabbath, I'm going to go to the doctor's office. Like, mm-hmm. And I like when you say that, just thinking of nursing home ministry, um, the people who are there all week, they may not um, believe the Sabbath as their faith necessarily. They may worship on Sunday um, in their lives outside of the nursing home, but Saturday they have something to look forward to. People come and give them song and prayer. That's a nice point that you brought out. I really like that. Yeah, and you said that, you know, different churches have different perspectives on what Sabbath is, but also different people and different families have had different um, perspectives. And so each of us probably had a different experience um, with what Sabbath is or what it means to us. And um, I'm grateful that my experience was that it was always very positive. It wasn't ever about what you can't do. I feel like a lot of times we, we focus on the things that we can't do and we make it legalistic like we see the Pharisees doing in this passage. And it, it, is never, it never was about that. And I love how Jesus says, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Exactly. And so, you know, he's re-emphasizing the fact that it's a gift to us. And it's not about what you can and can't do. It's about how is, is this, um, how are you able to be a blessing on the Sabbath? Or how is this something that you're able to enter into a rest mm-hmm. in this time and to spend more time, you know, connecting mm-hmm. with God? And so I think that's ultimately where we need to put our focus is not, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. But how am I able to use this time on God, right? to reconnect on God, yeah. with God and to strengthen that relationship and to ultimately have a richer experience as a That's result. very encouraging to hear a young person say that because that today a lot of youth falls away from that. They they lose the concept of what the Sabbath is. And instead of, you know, looking forward to this day of rest to reconnecting with God, like you mentioned, it's more about, oh man, the Sabbath is coming. So now I can't go out. Now I can't do this. Now I can't do that. And they're just counting down the hours of when the Sabbath will be over just so you can go and do whatever you you had planned to do. So... I think it makes a difference to how much you're connecting with God during the week. I think sometimes with youth who fall off, um, you don't, study or pray during the week or have any intimate time with God, it's hard to have a whole day with God that's, for some people, they feel like it's forced anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the whole relationship with God just becomes something of force. And when they get the opportunity to decide for themselves, they leave Mm -hmm. or, you know, don't keep it. So I think it's important to make it a week's journey with the Lord so that when Sabbath comes, it's like you said, it's restorative. It's it's a rejuvenating experience with someone who you have a very intimate relationship with. with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's ultimately where our focus is, um, where our focus is throughout the week, yeah. where our focus is during the Sabbath hours. Yeah. Um, because if we look at it as a gift, as a time that we can, as a celebration, you know, yeah. and that's how it, how it was when I was growing up. We had a special meal on Friday night yeah. and it was like this entering into the Sabbath and it was a celebration. We had things during that time that we didn't have during the week. And so it was a thing to look forward to, a time where, you know, family wasn't working and you get to spend time with friends and you get to spend time out in nature and you get to celebrate. And ultimately, I mean, that's, this was a celebration at the crown, you know, the crowning act of creation was this Sabbath time that we could um, enter into 
a celebration and a, a union with God. And so it's, it's a reminder, a weekly reminder that we have of the gift that God gave from the beginning of time. And so I think it's, it's a really special thing for us to, you know, to stop what we're doing and on a weekly basis reconnect. And what Tiffany was saying, it's, it's important to do that on a daily basis, to be basically like, mm -hmm. where am I looking? Am I looking at you, Lord, or am I looking away at something else? Because yeah. it, it, clearly it makes such a difference what your perspective is depending on where you're looking. I mean, the fact that you brought up Sabbath is like the crowning act of creation. Um, from the Genesis, probably written by Moses, he's telling um, the Sabbath is a crowning act. It's a, it's, a, it's a celebration. But then you have this, like I was saying in, in Exodus 31, where it's like, if you work on the Sabbath, kill that person. Yeah. Don't don't let anyone in your don't let anyone work on the Sabbath. You, not your maidservant, not your manservant, not the cattle, not the neighbor within your gates. No one. Don't let anyone work. And like you have God doing this pronouncement of, of the commandments, and the children of Israel afterward go, We don't want to talk to him. Moses, you talk to him, and we'll talk to you, but it's scary when he talks to us. Mm -hmm. And hearing that to me is terrifying, because I would have been like, uh, no, no, Lord, you still need to talk to me. Uh, Moses doesn't speak for you on my behalf. That's no, I'd like to speak with you if, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. And so it just seems to like constantly trying to keep, where, where are you looking? Are you looking at God or are you looking at something else? Yeah, you know, it's funny you brought up Exodus. Um, Something that's mentioned in, in, the, in the lesson uh, for this week is uh, they mentioned how if a hen laid an egg on the Sabbath, uh, can you eat the egg? And what are you supposed to do with the hen after, you, after the hen lays the egg? So they, it said that you'd kill the hen yeah. afterwards yeah. for working on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking, can you imagine back in the day, how, how are they supposed to keep their mind on God when they're constantly watching those chickens, those goose, whoever lays an egg on the, on the Sabbath to, you know, trying to keep a record of who is doing what on the Sabbath? Like how in the world were they even, with these kind of laws in place, how were they even supposed to look at God? There was no room for them. They're, they couldn't keep their eyes towards God because their eyes were on everything else around them because they had to like pay attention to even the animals if they did something like something of, as simple as laying an egg because that's working on the, on the Sabbath. How in the world would an animal know that it's breaking the Sabbath? And you know, it's just, yeah. it just, it's just, you know, what's the word? Not frustrating, but like mind bobbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's well, Paul will make it. Paul will make it so that the law is our tutor. It, the law is that's the purpose of it is to basically be like you can't do it. Mm -hmm. There's too many rules. You can't keep them all. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's like the law is constantly just reminding you there is a law. Mm -hmm. There are rules. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you need to be looking at God to distinguish them because there are so many. There's no way you could really keep track of everything, yeah. and you don't even know how the good things you're doing affect people. Right. And the bad things can affect people, like, oh man, talking about a God um, executing um, his judgments to the third and fourth generation. Um, like, so that means something I did today could be affecting my great-great-grandchildren. And that's a, that's a scary thought. We really don't understand sin if you're looking at it from yeah. a genetic perspective. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think that uh, what you're mentioning is that the Pharisees here are um, looking at doing things in their own strength. Right. And yeah. ultimately, that's really where the problem lies is because they're creating all of these extra laws, 
hundreds and hundreds of extra laws to try to, in their own strength, not deviate from their walk with God and their journey with God because they don't want to go back um, repeat some of the mistakes they've made in the past with, you know, it being in captivity in Babylon. And, um, and so they're, they're going to create all these laws that's going to keep them on this path that's going to ensure their success, but they're making, doing things in their own strength. Mm -hmm. instead of, and so Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's not what it's all about. Yeah. And so he's, you know, breaking down all of these um, laws and these preconceived um, notions that they have they have created and he does things that he knows they're going to have a problem with yeah. to prove a point that that's not what it's all about mm -hmm. you know he knew that he was going they were going to have an issue with him healing a man on the sabbath yeah. but he's here to show that it's about restoration it's about connection it's about um mending what's broken mm -hmm. and um and it's just you know interesting to see how um how we try even now so hard to um, to say what should and shouldn't be done, and um, how we, you know how people should keep the Sabbath or what God is requiring of us, and maybe you know there's ways that we're missing the point. And, oh, yeah. and yeah, so in other words, just keeping eyes on yourself and how your what how your connection is with God. I think that takes it back to where um, God said, "Come to me, all who who are." you know, weary and heavy laden because I will give you rest. And the only way we can understand that is if we come to God ourselves, you know, like back to what Tiffany was saying earlier with scripture reading and studying and turning to God and praying, like we won't understand what that rest actually means unless we're doing those things. We can't ex expect just physical rest to be taking place on the Sabbath because our, um, our spiritual, our psychological mind will, won't be able to, you know, partake in that rest because we may not be doing any kind of physical work, right. but our spirit, our mind is not at rest because we just haven't taken our burdens. We just haven't taken any, any of that, whatever has ha happened throughout the week, we didn't take it to God. We didn't, you know, we didn't relieve ourselves of those burdens and just, and just take that yoke off and give it to Jesus and tell him to, you know, carry it for me because I want to rest now. I want to forget all the worries. I want to forget everything that's been happening this week, all the struggles. We, in life, we all go through different things. We all have different struggles, different obstacles in our way, different hardships, you know, whatever. We, and even as young people, we still encounter that. And so we still need to take that to God. We still need to come to him and, and confess and just, you know, lay it all off or, you know, just let him take that yoke from you. And many of us don't do that. We think about the side of not doing the physical stuff, right. you know, not being physically involved. I'll go to church, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll partake in Sabbath school. But you're, you may be partaking in Sabbath school and physically not breaking the Sabbath, but where are you at spiritually? Mm -hmm. Where is your mind at spiritually? Is it spiritually on God? Are you thinking of things of heaven and not of things of, of, this, of this earth? So that's where it takes it home for me where, you know, he will take my, he will take my yoke. He will take my burdens. Right. He will give me rest. And there's no way I can understand what that rest is if I don't come to him first. You don't first. experience it. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're, not, if you're not in it, how would you even know what it is? Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me that um, there's a seven-day cycle mm -hmm. where, you know, God created the world and then, the, then he offered rest. And it's imprinted in our DNA that... Mm, yeah. Um, we can't function at optimal level on a different 
eight, seven days a week, seven, you can't. Yeah, and so they've done studies in the past mm -hmm. where they, you know, if they've tried a 10-day work week mm -hmm. and they've tried, you know, different variations with three days on and three days off, and it just, the what has been most consistent and most successful is the seven days and, and having six days to work and one day to rest. And so having that, um, from the beginning, and and it's something that still is valid today. It's just really fascinating. It is really surreal. It's really surreal when you really look at how um, integral the Sabbath is to everyone. Like even even people that aren't even aware of that you have a Sabbath. It's mm -hmm. like clearly God is still giving them rest on this day. Mm -hmm. They just may not realize that. But it's just so interesting that you could just be like, you learn about it and be like, oh, Lord, I want rest. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you'll just like, oh, yeah, no, I've been waiting for you to ask. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can really get some rest today. Yeah, but I think you're right in saying what you were saying about the psychological rest and not just the physical or not just entering into something that is um, maybe what you feel you should be doing during that time, but um, also preparing our, our hearts, you know, and, and that time that we have um, to, to really to rest and disconnect mm -hmm. during, during that time. Mm -hmm. I also appreciate yeah. some of the aspects of just the humanness of the disciples, etc. when the Lord was showing the Pharisees the examples, like when they were pulling the wheat um, in the field, etc. Um, Jesus appreciates if you're hungry and you need to eat on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. and it, not that you should steal or do things like that, but I appreciate some of the Human, um, yeah, 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 some of the human aspects that were shown in the, the examples as well because it's rest for your physical, your spiritual, your emotional, all of those things. And um, I just appreciate, I appreciate that from, mm -hmm. from the lesson. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's a, it's a rest for us to not be so worried about, you know, can I do this or can I not do that? And it's, it's more focused on, you know, if you're, if you're hungry, you know, it's, it's okay to pluck the, the wheat and you're not worrying about the chicken and the egg. Um, scenario that you were mentioning before, but you know, what is the broad concept? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember not to be judgmental too, because right. all I can think of is eyes when I think yeah, of the Pharisees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I was living in that time, I'd be like, are they over my shoulder or behind me? Because I wouldn't want to move because I would, who is watching me? But when we know that Christ is watching us, mm -hmm. I think it gives us rest automatically because we know that we are nothing without him. We can't, you know, make Absolutely. it, um, we're, we can't do anything right in our own selves anyway. So mm -hmm. thank God for the eyes on us and yeah. that our eyes need to be on him and not everyone around us because I think it, some people get offended as well when people tell them, you know, you're doing this wrong, you shouldn't do this when yeah. it comes to the Sabbath or your religion as a whole. Um, and it can be really disheartening. Yeah. yeah. I learned that lesson in a harsh way because when I first started to convert in my conversion experience, that's um, the more I started going to church on Saturday, the more I was like, oh, she's breaking the Sabbath, or if I found out, then, you know, and I'll come up to people and I'll be like, you're not supposed to be doing that. This, you know, the Bible says we're not supposed to be going out to eat or whatever on the Sabbath. And I've learned quickly that my mind has also changed. It went from being all spiritually connected to God and, you know, appreciating the Sabbath and, and you know, that, that Sabbath was made for men and not men for the Sabbath. Just appreciating that whole concept to now being like, Oh man, Italian she's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like taking notes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, how don't they know that they're doing wrong on the Sabbath? Like, but it's then it's detracting from our rest. Exactly. When you're, when you're and and then Jesus, he brings it back. He brought me back, and he's like, this is not what it's about, Anastasia. This is not about tracking who's doing what on the Sabbath. This is about where you are, where your heart mm -hmm. is with God on the Sabbath. Yeah. I try to be very purposeful about being empathetic towards people's various perspectives. Um, but it's it's very difficult to um, to not 
to try and help someone, it's, try, it's very difficult to try and like give someone something you have without applying your own perspective yeah. to their situation. Yes. And so it can be, it's, it can be hard to yeah. be like, oh, I know what you need, you need these things without sounding like, you're just keeping track. And without starting to think like, hey, you're not doing all the things that I'm telling you. So clearly you're not yeah. where you should be. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, just focus for where your focus is. Because when you always think about, oh, I'm supposed to be focusing on God, and you're just trying to point people to him too. You're like, oh, well, they could be, they could be looking at him. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's talking to them, though, just like he's talking to me. Mm -hmm. And so he's got it. Yeah, and I think that's back where what Tiffany was talking about is our day-to-day -day, day throughout day -day. the week. Keeping that focus with God helps us to not be so focused on either ourselves or on others or, others. or mm -hmm. to put our own slant on or look through things through our own filter, but just kind of be representing God directly and, um, and letting him work through us instead of... Um, kind of impressing on others what we think that they need or what we think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. But having that daily relationship really helps us to be more in tune with God and what He is impressing us with. Let me ask you something. Um, I feel like making a decision to keep the Sabbath, it's, it's a decision that you had to make. And nowadays, it is very difficult to, be, to stay there to stay and keep the Sabbath, especially since we mentioned earlier how youth falls away so quickly because of what not to do on the Sabbath. When, what, what was the crossing point for you guys? When, what made you decide that this is what I want to keep, this is where I want to stay? For me, it was about relationship. It was really about um, understanding that it, it's a day-to-day -day relationship with someone that you're trying to be with mm -hmm. um, versus not understanding the point of it. Because I don't think, I, when I was little, I really didn't understand the point of it. It was just kind of like, okay, now you turn everything off and don't watch TV. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, we'll listen to Bible stories <laughs> or whatever. Um, do something, we gotta do something. Let, let, me, let me do something. But when, you, when you're actually thinking about, no, this is, we're going to spend time together in some way, then it, it, it's, it's a lot easier to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you have a different perspective than I do because you have come from one side and kind of now have this Sabbath that you're experiencing. But for me, I don't know what I would do without it. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of been like, yes, I, I come to a point where I choose. You know, I choose to keep keeping the Sabbath. I choose to enter into this rest. But at the same time, I don't know how I would function in all the busyness and all the craziness and all the things that I'm trying to juggle in my day to day if I didn't have that option to stop and rest and continue that relationship. And for me, the Sabbath, um, it's changed over the years. Similar to you, um, it was more like um, rules, what I couldn't do. And as I've gotten older and had my own personal relationship with the Lord, it's become something that I can't live without. So kind of a mix of both. And then always reminding myself of um, that it is a delight. The Sabbath mm -hmm. is supposed to be a delight, not a burden. And um, when I think about that, I want to keep it every Sabbath because I want something delightful to look forward to that I can't get from anywhere else in the week. Mm -hmm. I like how you said the Sabbath is a delight. Yes, That's fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you all for being here. And thank you for joining us. And I hope that you join us next time.
Does it matter which direction? Uh, we'll start 